Well, good morning. Church Alive. We are the church. And you know, in our readings today, as I hear this gospel, I was just thinking the Holy Spirit was kind of giving me some imagery as the gospel was being read. And what I heard was Peter, James, and John went into the living room and turned on the TV, and the TV lit up the room with CBS News. And CBS News said, listen to me, I'll give you the truth. (laughs) Or any news channel, or any whatever. We turn on the TV often, and this is how we get our truths a lot. You know, how much time do we spend each week listening to the television? And it's important that we discern, right? That we think, that we use our minds that we discern. This is why God gave us this intellect, this gift of our, of our soul. But we have to, in order to discern, we have to be able to measure against what we hear in the world with some other standard. And so, as we hear in the Gospel today, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up a high mountain. He took them up a high mountain. And that high mountain is prayer. Jesus was taking some of his closest followers up this high mountain to pray with them. Because prayer is an experience of God. It's talking to God. Well, Jesus is God, and they were going up this high mountain to talk to the Lord, but not only did they talk to Jesus, but the Father spoke. So we have this revelation that comes to Peter, James, and John when they're in prayer. Prayer is where we receive that other standard through which we judge what we hear out there in the world. We have to have a measure to measure what we hear, what we see, what we experience in the world. We are in a country, but we are in and of ourselves not first Americans, we are first children of God. And as children of God, we have to be discerning and listening and watching and asking the Lord, Holy Spirit, teach me, show me, help me to make decisions, help me to see the truth, to see clearly. And Peter, James, and John were taken by Jesus up this mountain. And what happened on the mountain? Well, there was an encounter they had with the divine. They experienced divinity. They experienced Jesus' divinity being unveiled. So when you and I choose to come to pray like you are this morning, God is, as we heard in our opening song, waiting like a lover. He wants to unveil to you the bright and luminous truths that He has to give us so that we can be, if you will, like a suntan, right? You know, you go out and you stand in the sun and the sun affects you. It, it, it gives vitamins. It gives you a tan, right? Well, Peter, James, and John got a SO1 tan, right? A suntan. They got a Jesus tan because they were encountering the Father's love in the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And it touched them so deeply that Peter says to them, he says to Jesus, he goes, you know, Rabbi, it's good that we're here. I've never, he basically he's saying, this is awesome. 
This is amazing. I've never had any experience like this in my life. This is amazing. And then he says, it's good that we're here. Let's make three tents. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And, and he, it, then it says, he hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came. And again, the cloud is a sign of the mystical, the divine, the heaven coming to earth. That's why at Mass sometimes, or at adoration, we use incense. It's an outward sign that we see, but we don't see. We, we see with eyes of faith that in a bit this piece of bread and this wine are going to become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. So we come into prayer to encounter God. And it's in that encounter that we hear the Father speak. And the Father says, This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. So, why is it that Jesus is giving Peter, James, and John this profound encounter and experience? Because soon, soon, they don't want to leave the mountaintop, first of all. You know how you've had experiences maybe in prayer and you, like, you wish you could somehow replicate that the next day? You know, we do this. Like, we pray and we have this experience. All of us, in some sense, sometimes have these encounters with God and we feel peace. Like, why are you here at church this morning? Because somehow, in some way, in your life, some point, you've been encountering God. And you know that this life is more than just what we see. But it's a call to live for the life to come. And you're here supporting each other as a faith community with me. And we are turning in prayer to our Father. And our Father says personally to each one of us, listen to Jesus. Listen to Him. This is my beloved Son. And He waits like a lover. Our Lord waits like a lover in the tabernacle. He waits like a lover for you and I to visit Him. And Peter, James, and John need to have an experience of love that's different than this world. Because soon and very soon, the Lord will be going into His nation, Israel, Jerusalem, and His nation will crucify Him. Jesus needs to strengthen His followers because at times... The followers of Jesus that live in a nation are crucified by their own nation. And how do we respond to that? Jesus wants us to remember we're beloved sons and daughters of Him. That we're children of God. And that the way you defeat evil isn't with evil. The way you defeat evil is with love which we all know is very simple, but it's true. So if we don't pray, we won't hear the Word, and we will have nothing to measure what we hear on the TV from. We will have nothing to measure what we see in the newspaper from. We will have nothing to measure what we read in the magazines from. We must come to prayer to receive the 
Word of God, Jesus Himself. We must come to Mass. We must pray. We must be strengthened. Because, as I say, there's a tidal wave coming against the church. You see it. It's obvious. And it's because the bride of Christ, the church, must imitate her bridegroom. If we're going to embrace Christ, we're going to embrace the cross. That's part of the call of serving our Lord. And so, we see in our first reading how Abraham... It says, the first line of this first reading, listen, it says, God put Abraham to the test. God put Abraham to the test. And I would say right now, in our current day and age, God's putting the church to the test. Will you follow me no matter what it costs you? Will you follow me no matter what it costs you? Abraham is asked by God to sacrifice his only begotten son. Abraham's asked to sacrifice Isaac. Now, the little history here Abraham was trying to have a child so that he and Sarah could continue the blessing of God. Well, Abraham couldn't have a child with Sarah, so Sarah said to Abraham, why don't you have a child with our maidservant Hagar, and then we could use Ishmael to, to continue the, the blessing of God. And now, <laughs> Abraham's able to have a kid with Sarah, and God says, sacrifice your son Isaac. Abraham's like, Lord, I am so confused. I'm so confused. You asked me to trust you, and I trusted you. And now you give me a child so that I can continue the blessing of my heritage and my generations to come. And now you're asking me to give up what you gave me. Well, guess what? God gave you, you. And God asked you to give up you. God asks us to walk the walk, talk the talk, to live what we believe. God gave us His Son and God gave up His only Son. So, what are we willing to give up? Lens, we always talk about giving up. And in a bit, we're going to hear at the Mass here through me, through Jesus, through, the, through, through me, He will say, this is my body given up. This is my body given up for you. This is my blood poured out for you. We, as followers of Jesus, must do the same. If we are going to deliver from evil our country, our nation, our families, our marriages, if we're going to deliver it from evil, then it can't be us who does it, because if I say to the devil, get out, I have no power. But if in, in the name of Jesus, if I say, get out, then he leaves. If you and your marriages say to the devil, in the name of Jesus, get out, he leaves. But how do you say to the devil, get out? You say it by putting feet to your faith. What's Paul say? Paul says in the book of James, 
James 1.22, be doers of the Word. And then he also says in James 2.22, listen to this, you see that faith was active along with his works in Abraham, and faith was completed by works. And the Scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not faith alone. Coming to church and saying our prayers isn't enough. The purpose of coming to church, saying our prayers and receiving the Eucharist is so that we can do the works of the Eucharistic love of Jesus, so that we can live the Eucharist, so that we, like Abraham, can give up what God gave to us, which is our lives. Now, that's not easy. That's hard. But God never said it would be easy. He said, take up your cross and follow me. Now, the key here is, is when you put feet to your faith, when you put feet to your faith, you start to experience the blessing of God. So when the church invites us, when Jesus invites us through His church to follow Him, and we follow Him, not because we understand, Abraham didn't understand, why would you give up your son? Why would you give me a son and now ask me to, 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 to sacrifice him? We don't follow because we understand. We follow because we believe. And when we follow because we believe, we start to understand because when you believe and start walking in that faith, you see the blessings that follow that faith. And then you start to be affirmed in your faith and then you understand. St. Augustine says, we don't understand and then believe. We believe so that we can understand. So if you want to experience the transfiguration in your lives, if we want to experience the supernatural. We have to put feet to our faith. We have to walk in the church's teaching as God invites us. And then we start to experience the transfiguration in 2012 in your homes, in your marriages, in your families. That's the message. And what does it say in our second reading? It says, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? But we don't understand why the church teaches us, or we don't understand this, or we don't understand that. Trust your mother, the church, and she will help you to experience the blessing. Because when Abraham blessed God by offering up what he loved most, what did it say? God declares, because you acted as you did, because you acted as you did in not withholding from me your beloved Son. What do you treasure most? Because you offer what you treasure most to God and you didn't withhold it from God, I will bless you abundantly. All this because you obeyed my command. Today's message of our Lord to you and to I is obedience to the Word of God is putting faith, feet to your faith. And if you look at the word obedience, in the middle are three, word, three letters which spell the word die. Obedience. Obedience. When we follow God, we will die. To our selfish flesh, to our pleasures of life, to what the world says, we will die. But it's in the dying that you rise and experience new life. That your faith isn't just I believe I'm a Catholic, but it's 
I'm experiencing being a Catholic. I'm experiencing being a follower. And so, as we gather around this altar, I just encourage you, let's pray for each other. Always, when you come here to church, it's not just about me and Jesus, it's about all of us on this journey. To live the Eucharist, we must be nourished by the Eucharist. So we pray for each other as we continue this Latin journey to look, Lord, what am I holding back that keeps me from experiencing your blessing? I'm giving you my heart and all that is within. I lay it all down for the sake of you, my King. I'm giving you my dreams. I'm laying down my rights. Giving up my pride For the promise of new life And I Oh